0: Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please Tune in to the Trade Addicts Podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season.
1: Welcome to the latest edition of the dlf dynasty podcast i am your host this week dan myler we are without our guy ryan mcdowell who's having some connection difficulties he's in the middle of a storm tonight so myself and matt price will be flying duo i guess rather than trio Uh, matt just me and you this week but we got a lot to talk about
0: Yeah, we do. We'll miss him. Uh, And I do want to take a moment real quick to say to shout out to Ryan. He said he he included me in one of his those inner circle tweets that was going around this past weekend. And a lot of people said a lot of nice things about me. So I just want to say thanks to him and to everybody else, John Bosch and some others that uh, were very nice to me on Twitter this week, which is, you know, sometimes Twitter can be a dirty place. So thank you guys for being nice.
1: Yeah, no doubt it can be, and I think all of us have caught some of that flack in the past. It's always nice to catch the other side of that conversation. Ryan mentioned me as well, and I'm I'm equally as thankful for sure. Let's uh, let's get into what we're gonna talk about this week, Matt. Um, Instead of going with the regular route, what we've been doing through most of the regular season, we decided to turn our attention slightly towards the postseason. We're going to talk about as many players as we can in the time that we have and try to nail down how trustworthy that player is. Now, some of these guys might have injury concerns. Others might not be playing up to the level we thought they did at the beginning of the year. And some... Uh, On the other side of the spectrum would would be overproducing from what we thought just a few or a couple of months ago. So, um, you know, the playoffs are right around the corner. So we want to know who we trust and, you know, assuming we're in a relatively deep league like the three of us regularly play in. Uh, 12 teams with 9 or 10 minimum starters without your kicker in defense. We're going to try to nail down if these guys, if we trust them or how much we trust them as we inch closer to our post-seasons. I think the best position to start off with tonight, Matt, is the running back position because there are a lot of question marks there. Let's start with a guy who came back from injury in week 10 and had a really big game we're all talking a little bit this week about Leonard Fournette. He's the running back 65 in total points so far this season. Of course, that injury kept him out of so many games and left a lot of dynasty owners scratching their heads, thinking about what they're going to do with him moving forward. He was a top, back, top five tailback in week 10. Matt, how trustworthy is Leonard Fournette? Is he an RB1 or would you rather have him as an RB2 going forward?
0: I think RB, two. I think I'm honestly going to take this quote-unquote big game to take an opportunity to sell him if I can. I think there is some merit in waiting um, to see if he has another big game and really gets back, kind of bounces back uh, completely to that late first, early second round value. But he's got the Steelers coming up uh, this week. He's got uh, another tough matchup here in week 12 against the Bills uh, run defense. So, you know, I don't know if he's going to have another one of these big explosion games before the playoffs hit. And I just don't trust him. I mean, what was it? Something like 20, something carries for 50 something yards. Like it just wasn't a great performance. I feel like he's lost a lot. We're always going to be dealing with this, this nagging, lower body injury, leg, ankle, what, whatever it might be. It just seems like there's always something with Leonard Fournette. Um, and I just I just don't trust them. Maybe that's wrong. I don't trust the offense. I don't trust Blake Bortles. I don't really trust the coaching staff, to be honest with you. At this point, so uh, I'm I'm going to take this opportunity to go ahead and get out at this point. If I can get an early first and something on top, maybe a second also on top of that, then I'm going to go ahead and take this opportunity to sell Leonard Fournette. Yeah, you
1: know the one thing that makes me hesitate with that is the usage. He, you know, you mentioned the 24 carries. Yeah the The efficiency wasn't really there. But he's getting 24 carries where Carlos Hyde only gets three. So it appears to us, it should at least, that he's going to get the bulk of the workload and maybe really all of that workload going forward. Again, if that doesn't turn into more than two yards of carry as it did in week 10, we're going to have some problems going forward. Now, that all doesn't mean that I'm ready to trust him as my RB1 and be thrilled about putting in my lineup as my best tailback. Obviously, if you're contending for a title and he was somebody you were building around, that is a guy that that you're expecting to have in your lineup and expecting to put up relatively Big numbers. I don't know if we're going to be able to count on uh, the point total that we had in Week Ten. You mentioned the tough defenses: Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Uh, down the stretch, it it looks a little bit better. Washington's run defense has been a little better, um, but they also get Miami in this stretch and Indianapolis. I'm not expecting running back number not running back one numbers going forward, but I think he's still a top twenty-four tailback and still a guy you want in your lineup. And if you've survived him being on on your bench for this many weeks while he was hurt and you're still that contender, you're probably in pretty good shape, but you probably have some tough decisions because you were obviously filling that spot with a good player.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just... I just don't trust them. Again, week week 14 of the first week of the playoffs, the Titans, pretty tough run defense week 15. Uh they have another like the Redskins like you were saying. They are at home and then and if you can make it to the finals, you you get Miami in week 16 uh on the road. So, if you can make it there, I think you'll get another good start out of him, but Uh, I think this is purely a volume play and basically if you don't get a touchdown out of it I think you're going to be pretty disappointed about what you get out of Fournette right now and certainly disappointed if you spent that late first round early second round pick on him in a startup draft. Completely agree there are dynasty
1: owners myself included that have a nice fill-in from the season that you know in one spot I had Fournette happened to get Philip Lindsay in free agency following a rookie draft and I've been trotting him out there i I, I wanted to last week, but he was on bye, so I started Fournette. I'm I'm strongly considering going back to Lindsey once again this coming week because we, we really didn't see that much from him last week. Of course, big point totals uh, wasn't because of of really good numbers when you look at every carry. Let's move on to the next guy, Derek Henry, running back 42 overall right now in total points. Back-to-back weeks, finding pay dirt, Matt trustworthy as an RB2, maybe a flex, or are you even on board with that?
0: (laughs) Not, I mean, if you start... Uh, you know, ten with four flexes, then maybe. But I, th- I think he's, I think he's like a fringe running back, four running back three right now. Honestly, I think no, no matter what's happened in the last two weeks in terms of the touchdown department, I I think that Deion Lewis looks ten times better than he does both between the tackles and obviously as a receiver. So I don't really trust him at all. Another guy that you're gonna need a touchdown from to be happy with uh, that production week to week.
1: Yeah, and we've seen that the last couple weeks. In fact, there were two of them. Last week, so anybody that had to put him into a lineup, and I really do believe it's to that point where, if you're forced to start Henry, you're you're not feeling real good about your matchup that week. You're you're obviously having trouble with, with injuries or buys, like you said, he, you're hoping he falls into the end zone and gets you those points. I'm I'm not rushing to get Henry into my lineup. Uh, I asked about the flex not even trustworthy as a flex at this point. Maybe he'll that offense will pick things up and he'll consistently get goal line carries, but, but I don't know if anybody really see that uh, as something that's going to come to fruition anytime soon. Moving on to another tailback that has struggled with some injuries, Delvin Cook of the Vikings running back 62. Of course, he missed a lot of time, but came back before the bye for the Vikings last week. And had a nice run, showed some things that probably have dynasty owners nodding their head and feeling a little bit better. I don't know if I trust him as an RB1 right now, Matt. Uh, maybe that'll change going forward. If if he has one more big game, if he gets a big workload this coming week in week 11.
0: How do you feel about Cook going forward? You know, I've been down on him all year, I mean, like everybody, because of the injuries mostly. Um, but... He really impressed me last week when he was on this is a supposed, supposed, or I guess two weeks ago at this point on that supposed cat snap count, right? Uh, and I missed an opportunity to buy him when I had a chance, and I, I regret that already. Uh, I do think he's going to be rough. You know from a consistency basis just based on all these injuries that he had all the way dating back to early in college uh but he looked really good the last time we saw him and and i think he's right there at the running back 12 maybe maybe down to 14 or 15 um so somewhere in there i think that that he's he's close to that running back one trustworthy range for us uh and he's got a decent schedule coming up so uh yeah i'm, I'm on board with that if you can buy him buy him if you can get him for you know, a first and right around this, maybe that right around that same range where we're trying to sell Leonard Fournette, maybe a first and a second. Uh, it, it might take two firsts to do it at that point. I think they would have to be mid to late for me to consider it. But uh yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm on board with buying him for the stretch run here. You know, I don't know if I feel like I'm willing to
1: run out there and buy him. The injuries still scare me. And I think we've talked about that a lot right here on the podcast, I, you know, when he's on the field, I I feel great about trotting him out there every week. When he's injured, it just continues to remind me of what was going on in college, what my fears were when he was coming out of school and into the draft. The 10 carries for 89 yards in the big run in week nine against Detroit. He also caught a few passes. If I Yep, four passes. For twenty yards, so he got those touches when they said he was going to be limited. That that's a really encouraging sign. So if you're asking me if I'm excited because he's on my roster and I'm making a run, absolutely. If you're asking me if I want to give up a couple of first round picks for Dalvin Cook, I'm extremely hesitant. Uh, maybe like you said, late picks, I can probably get on board, but um, I'm 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 a little bit shook up when I start thinking about giving up multiple firsts for a guy with his injury history. Uh, again, I'm ready to to make him a fringe running back one if I already got him on my team and I'm looking to win games down the stretch here and into the playoffs.
0: The, the one thing I will say uh, a little feather in his cap, I think, is in weeks 15 and 16 in the playoffs here. Uh, he's got the Dolphins at home in week 15. And in week 16, he gets the Lions, who everybody is running over right now. So uh, I kind of like that for him. Uh, That that one is on the road, but it's in a dome, so I'm not that worried about it. So as long as that health stays, uh, stays, stays, you know, he stays on the field, then I think that he could be a part of a lot of championship teams here. So uh, yeah, leading up to that. They're at Chicago, they got Green Bay, at New England, and at Seattle.
1: So some landmines along the way, for sure. But I agree with you, there there are some tasty matchups after that. Quickly, Matt, what about Latavius Murray? Knowing now that Delvin Cook is a part of that offense, do you have any trust that he has any standalone value at this point?
0: I think there's a chance. I mean, if they are really going to if they want to keep cook healthy, it seems like they want to keep somebody else involved uh, and maybe a little bit bigger role than just like a change of pace guy, a guy that's going to give cook some breathers, you know? So I think there's a decent chance that Murray still sees, Maybe not 10 carries in a game with, with Cook on the field, but maybe 10 total touches each week and, and cuts in a little bit with, with Cook getting in the, in the 15 range. You know, I still think that's a pretty pass-oriented offense, and I guess that could change as we go on the stretch of some colder weather and get into, you know, football weather, I guess. <laughs> uh, then that could change. But I really think that they want to keep him healthy and on the field and that Murray should remain, you know, maybe not a full, full-blown committee, but at least more than a, a change of pace kind of guy.
1: Yeah, what you said there, though, there was a lot of, I think, and and they should. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, there's no guarantees that that what not. happens. I'm I'm leery of it, for sure, and I probably want to wait a week, see how he's used against Chicago before trotting him out there, especially if I need a win this week. Oh, another yeah. Running, another running back we should talk about is Mark Ingram, running back 45, despite the suspension to start the season. Uh, five weeks on the field so far, Matt. He's had two big games, uh, one, I don't know, average game, and then two complete duds for Dynasty owners. Are you expecting him deliver, to deliver consistent running back two numbers going forward, or, or are you using him as more of a flex? We want him in our lineup still, right?
0: I, I think he's a he's almost the perfect flex, you know. I, I I would rather not trust him as a running back too. I think you probably can as a low end running back too, just because of the offense he's involved in. I think he's going to have a opportunity for a good opportunity for a touchdown every week, depending on how much Kamara gets there. Uh, but yeah, I I'm I'm on board with this. I don't know if I'm buying him per se, but if I have him, I'm holding and, and starting him because I just don't think you're going to get really much value out of him at this point. And with his value this past offseason, a lot of
1: owners did buy him to be their running back three, that guy that's a little bit farther down on the depth chart, because other owners, or many owners anyway, were concerned about that suspension and how he would come back from it, especially after Kamara got his opportunity to be the guy to shine. Now, all those things happened, and now Ingram, 40% of the time, has been a monster. For dynasty owners. So I think at the very least, he's a guy that dynasty owners want in their lineup, which makes him an obvious flex. And and really, even in a pinch, he he can be, like you said, low-end running back two with the upside to put up really high-end running back one numbers in that offense. Let's move on to James White. Uh, obviously, it's been amazing for dynasty owners everywhere, especially when you consider price and what you had to give to get him on your roster, currently a top 10 running back, regardless of your scoring settings. Is there any reason, Matt, that we should expect less than running back number, running back one numbers going forward?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think we had a really, really fun stretch of games there with James White producing tons of touchdowns, but I am skeptical it's going to continue going forward as long as Sony Michelle is healthy. We saw while Michelle was out Uh, James White get 11 in addition to all the receiving game work don't let me wrong that's still going to be there but in addition to the receiving game work while Michelle was out he had 11 carries 8 carries 12 carries Michelle back last week against Tennessee down to 1 carry uh, with Michelle getting 11 of those so I I, I think that he's still going to be have a nice PBR floor for us um, and, you know, some upside, obviously, with the touchdowns he's been uh, producing this year and how Brady's like to go to him um, in that area of the field. But in terms of, like, absolute upside as a running back one, I think those days could be behind us uh, for this season as long as Michelle is, is healthy. Yeah, you're
1: right there. It, it certainly hinges on the health of the rookie. The one thing, saving grace maybe for dynasty owners, is that Most of us expected him only to be useful as a flex and only in PPR leagues. I think that role will continue. Now, last week, they fell behind, and he still... Not only, but he still caught just five passes for 31 yards. That was a role that usually you'd expect those maybe even double-digit catch games out of James White, and it didn't happen. It's only one week, I understand. I'm a little bit leery like you. I would be surprised if he has... Many more running back one numbers with Michelle staying healthy. If that happens, Um, I guess we shouldn't be shocked if he if he has one or two where he scores a couple times. Um, I'm not even convinced, especially in like half PPR or in non PPR, if he's even all that useful. Maybe more towards a flex bottom of the starting uh, your starting roster starting lineup.
0: Yeah, because if he comes up with these, you know, six for 50 games, that's great in a PPR, but in a standard league, you're not super excited about five points there. Um, so, yeah, safe floor in PPR. Uh, Dan, let me ask you this. Uh, for the last several weeks, he's been bought and sold for, you know, late first round picks. Are you selling for that right now? Are you getting out uh, based on the wave um, or, or are you going to continue to hold for the playoffs there?
1: You know, obviously it's going to depend on your roster and if you can fill the hole even with something useful. But in a vacuum, I'm selling if that price is the 10th pick in the draft. I'd much rather have that. I think broadcasting to 2019 and beyond, it's pretty obvious that that coaching staff in New England wants to give Sony Michel a big role, wants to make him a, a key part of that offense. Now, there'll always be room for that pass catcher, of course, but when you have a chance to shine, shine a nickel and get a dime back, you, you go get your dime. So uh, I, I'm gonna go get James or, or sell James White if I can get a first. If it's a second though, and I need a guy for that role, I'm probably holding at this point and hoping White continues to make an impact on that offense. Philip Lindsay is another guy that you know. Interesting, all season long, there's been something to talk about when it comes to Philip Lindsay, and and we all know his story by now. But he's a running back too in every setting in fantasy football, and. He's only had one game under 10 points in PPR, which was the one that he got thrown out of. Are you, Matt, anticipating these consistent running back two numbers to continue through the rest of the season and, and fantasy playoffs?
0: I, I absolutely am. I don't see any reason why why we should downgrade him at all. He's proven he can do it both with and without Uh, Royce Freeman there. I don't think that really matters in terms of his workload. Maybe it caps his upside a little bit with him there. But even when he was gone, you know, they brought in Booker to play a bigger role. So I think he's just going to be this guy that they're going to, I don't want to say manage his touches, but he's not going to be a bell cow guy, but he's a guy who doesn't need a bell cow kind of role to do that. Um, And he's definitely the... I guess it's maybe a toss-up, depending on how you feel about Booker's receiving skills. I know that's kind of his calling card. But I would say he's the best receiving back on the, on the roster for Denver. And I don't see too many games where they're going to be playing from ahead, which to me says more Phillip Lindsay and less Royce Freeman, uh, for, at least for the rest of 2018.
1: Yeah, and you know you mentioned Freeman being out of those games. When Freeman was gone, in his last three games, Lindsay has piled up 15 touches, then 21, then 19. So he's a trustworthy tailback. They they obviously are willing to give him the ball and the bulk of the carries if the situation it, it makes it necessary. And you know, if that coaching staff is gonna trust him for that kind of workload, even before that he was averaging right around fifteen carries a game if you take out that game where he was ejected. That's that's a nice workload, whether you're a rookie or a or 10th year veteran. So, uh I I I'm with you. I'm expecting him to hover right about right around that mid RB2 level and continue to pile up 15 points a week. A nice guy to have in your even in your RB2 spot. A lot of us are playing him in our flex, and that's a luxury at this point. On to Aaron Jones of our Packers, Matt, running back 33 to this point. Didn't get any usage early in the season. Recently, that has spiked quite a bit, in fact, in week 10, 74% of the snaps uh, this past week and came up big, had that nice game Dynasty owners have been waiting for. How much do you trust Aaron Jones at this point? And are you as excited about his upside for Dynasty owners as, as I am at this point?
0: We could have an hour-long discussion on how, how we could trust Mike McCarthy to do anything. I'm sure you and I, Dan. Uh, I mean, I don't know how he could be put back in the bag at this point. I mean, he its it's clear, it's night and day, the touches that he gets versus Jamal Williams or any other back on that roster at this point. So, uh, I hope to see him continue this. Give him, you know, at least 15 carries a game. Uh, that that may be a little bit strong, I guess, but somewhere in that 12 to 15 range of, of carries would be pretty ideal, I think. And I mean, obviously, we would want more, but I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, I think he's going to have to continue to be efficient in his carries, and we've seen no sign of him slowing down in that regard. So I'm I'm excited about it. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to boycott the team if they stop giving him the ball. So uh, keep Aaron happy. Let's keep Jones on the field and and let's go get that playoff spot
1: yeah i i couldn't agree more it was it was crazy as i was watching that football game against the dolphins jamal charles got a got a carry in the fourth quarter and i was watching it with a fellow packer fan i said i don't think i've seen jamal charles on the field i was actually surprised that or i'm sorry jamal williams holy cow uh (laughs) blast from the past i wish they had prime jamal charles uh but in the fourth quarter, Williams got that carry. And I thought to myself and, and even said to my friend, uh, I think that's the first time I've seen him all game. And it wasn't, obviously. But he didn't make any kind of Im- impact, Williams I'm talking about. And Jones just looks so more, so much more explosion, explosive. Williams had three carries for three yards. It's It's been obvious to all Packers fans and many dynasty owners that Jones is the guy that should be... In that backfield, I think we saw the passing of the torch officially. Jones even fumbled at that in that game, and I still have a very strong feeling that Aaron Jones will get close to 20 touches a game. He got 18 last week, turned him into 165-plus yards and a couple of scores. Uh, seems like a potential running back two down the stretch, and maybe even running back one upside if that Packers offense gets things figured out. Let's take a shift, Matt, over to the wide receiver position. Lots of guys to talk about here as well. Some overachievers, some underachievers. Let's try to sort this out as we get into getting ready for these playoff lineups that we're going we're gonna to set down the stretch here. We'll start with the elder statesman, one of the guys that we talk about every year at this point. Seems like regularly he turns things on for us in the postseason. Of course, that's Larry Fitzgerald. He's only wide receiver 48, barely. A wide receiver four at this point. Only one 15-point game this season dealing with that rookie quarterback. Can we trust him down the stretch here, Matt, to even be in our lineups in a
0: 10-starter league? I think think so. I think he's going to provide wide receiver three numbers going forward. We saw that this offense under the the new reign of, of byron lift which decided they wanted to run their offense through surprise surprise their best two players and larry fitzgerald and david johnson so uh i think so i think i think if i can go out and buy fitzgerald for like a third round pick right now and i have a hole at my wide receiver three or even i guess a flex spot that i'm willing to go ahead and, and do that for for the rest of the season for fitzgerald so i i think i'm going to put him in the trustworthy category yeah, I, I trust
1: him, too, a little bit. For some of the things you said, for sure, I think the change at offensive coordinator is a nice change, and, and there has been some results from that already. I agree with you that they decided we have a couple of good players on this offense. Let's try to get them the football. And then also, you know, he's done it for so many years. I, I don't think he's going to sit idly by late this season at all. I, I trust the guy. And especially if he's the last guy in your starting lineup, if right now you're you're starting somebody that you're really not feeling good about, a trade like you mentioned, giving a third for Larry Fitzgerald, if you're a true contender, seems like a no-brainer to me, especially if you can't do any better on the trade market as a, a, a trading deadline uh, inches closer here. Amari Cooper... He is, I wish we had Ryan this week. I really did. I, I, (laughs) I know. I've talked to Ryan about a lot of things, including Cooper on, on many, many, many times. And every time he, he sticks to the, to the theory, anything for Amari. And now we're starting to see a couple of nice games, uh, 13 plus points in, in PPR. Now that he's arrived with the Cowboys Very inconsistent in Oakland, but we have to go, Matt, by what he's done with this new team in this new offense, right? I think we have to trust him as a wide receiver, too, going forward.
0: And I think this is the week right now before this weekend's game against Atlanta, who we, we all know what the passing games have been like against that team. Uh, I think right now is the time to go out and and, and get him. If you have somebody that's still skeptical, maybe have been burned all season long, maybe even last season too, and you can pry him away for a mid first, you know, I would, I'd be going out and doing that, uh, everywhere I can right now. So, uh, yeah, I definitely agree there. He's, I mean, it's kind of the same argument as we thought about in Oakland. Like he's the main target, you know. Everybody's out of the way. There's no one really else to throw the ball to. But it's actually happening in Dallas, you know. Um, and with the way Zeke Elliott looks, you know, he start. They can't just kind of uh, uh, concentrate on any one kind of player in that in that offense right now. So I really like what we've seen from Cooper these last two weeks. He seems motivated to prove that the this it was a situation and not him. So uh, yeah, please go out and buy him. Start him against the. Atlanta this week he could he could I think he could have a huge game this weekend and after that point I think that by window is going to be closed
1: and dynasty owners that are just looking at the box score saying well against Philly six for 75 the game before against Tennessee five for 58 there are a couple of Dak Prescott horrible throws away from Cooper putting up wide receiver one numbers over the last couple couple of games so those of you that watched that football game especially on Monday night will look at that, or maybe it was Sunday night, on Sunday night it was, uh, should have seen those overthrows and thought to themselves, wow, it, man, the route running was sharp. He seemed to be have that get-off that we all liked of him getting or coming out of college. The the real Amari Cooper is about to stand up here, and I, I agree with you, Matt. I think we're we're going to see the real deal down the stretch, and he's going to help a lot of dynasty owners, make uh make something of this season for sure doug baldwin wide receiver 89 uh also struggled with injuries poor play you could say maybe uh only one 12 point game in ppr so far matt for doug baldwin no games over 16 points just yet can we trust him in our lineup if we're chasing a title right now
0: as, like, a, again, I think we're in this wide receiver three flex range with him. I, I think there are worse starts, but he certainly has not done anything to really make us confident in him uh, this season. It's kind of a travesty what they're doing in, Oak- in uh, Oakland and in, in Oakland too, <laughs> but also in Seattle, you know, they have Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and they're just intent on continuing to run the ball with guys like Chris Carson, Rashad Penny finally got on the field and did something this past week. And, and uh, so it just seems like this is their MO. They don't want to use Wilson for what he's good at. They don't want to let him scramble around, find the open receiver and, and put up some big passing numbers here. So I'm a little bit skeptical. Uh, I was super excited about, Baldwin this year and thought we might see a special season out of him but those injuries and then the way they wanted to run their offense this season kind of kind of uh, killed that for us but I still feel like I want to have him as a wide receiver three kind of flex uh, uh, start each week in a lineup I think you can do a lot worse than that just based on his ability and what he can do should they need to open up the passing offense so uh, I'm skeptically on board still with Doug Baldwin
1: yeah, I'm skeptical for sure as well. It's been really up and down. We've had a few games of two or less catches. Um, the the injury is obviously a factor, and there was news this week that Baldwin himself said he's over the knee issues that he he feels like himself again. I'm not sure if that's really taken in context. Maybe somebody asked him directly, "How's you know How's the knee?" It's not like Doug Baldwin is going to stand up and say, wow, it really hurts. It's affecting my play. So we'll we'll see how it goes going forward. I, th- I think I have the same concerns as you with that Seattle offense. I have no reason to feel that's going to change anytime soon. The schedule down the stretch is, is really up and down. They have some nice matchups, some tough ones, but I feel like it's favorable going forward. Um, so if we're trotting him out there, I I'm kind of like you with Fitzgerald. I want him as maybe the last guy in your starting lineup. Um, If you're trotting him out there as a wide receiver two and maybe even a wide receiver three, though, I'm I'm concerned about that lineup, and and we're not going to see that kind of production unless something drastic changes with that offense.
0: They get San Francisco twice, week 13 and 15, and KC in Week 16. And I know the Kansas City defense has been playing le- better lately, but that seems like a shootout game to me in the in the fantasy championship. So I think there's a, a decent reason to be uh, a little bit positive about Baldwin for the rest of the season. Yeah, things to be optimistic about for sure.
1: You should temper your expectations and not expect <laughs> –
0: Huge production, though,
1: for sure going forward.
0: No, I think I think like if we can get you know eight to ten points out of him as a wide receiver three flex with an o- with an opportunity to get more in these bigger games, uh, then then I think I'm okay with that as a yeah he hasn't a, option.
1: He, he hasn't found the end zone yet, and that doesn't yeah. seem like even even a seventy percent Doug Baldwin if that's what he is and he claims to be at a hundred percent, that guy should score a couple times, so yeah. he's gonna. Regress to the mean and find the end zone at least a couple t- times down the stretch. So, so maybe there's there's cause for optimism going forward. Allen Robinson, cause for optimism there as well. Wide receiver forty three right now. The injury cost him a few games, couple games. Uh, up and down first half of his first season with the Bears for sure, Matt. But returned from injury this past week. He scored thirty plus fantasy points. In the game, is he trustworthy as a consistent wide receiver too?
0: See, you threw that consistent word in there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it, this offense feels like it's gonna, you know, with under Matt Nagy, and it's and it's ideal for them, honestly, is to go with a specific game plan each week. And and this week it was they could do whatever they wanted. Basically, it was a a, a, a little bit of a joke of a game there. Um, so I don't know, man. I I want to trust him. But I don't really, I, I think, I think I can trust him for certainly as kind of a, maybe a low end wide receiver too, if you're really pushing it. But I think he's more of a top 25 play more instead of a top 20 play each week at this point. I know that's just outside the wide receiver two range, but if we're going to, we're going to create these, these lines in the sand, I, I think I would feel a lot more comfortable with him if, if he was my, my third best option at that position, starting in a, in a three wide receiver league.
1: Yeah. The, the big game was nice. Six catches, 133 yards in the two scores. Like you said, though, that offense could do whatever they want. Anthony Miller did pretty much replicated that line, uh, five for 122 and one score. So, uh, I don't know if that those opportunities are going to be quite as frequent as we probably all hope he's got Minnesota. They got to play the Rams still. Other than that, they have some nice matchups for, for for sure. Detroit, the Giants, the Packers, uh, San Francisco in our championship week. So so there's gonna be opportunities for Allen Robinson to have have these big games, and I think there's at least one or two still to come considering those matchups. I every everybody that listens to this podcast knows I'm a really big Allen Robinson fan. He showed a lot of the things, the 50 50 balls that he caught in week 10 those are the things we all loved about him when he was in Jacksonville putting up those big numbers uh I'm I'm optimistic for sure I'm willing to trust him as a wide receiver too going forward that consistent word is a little makes you a little bit leery for sure uh man he's a good player though and even though it's Trubisky throwing him the ball I I still want him catching it
0: I want to say, and, and who knows, he could blow this out of the water, but I want to say if you want to buy Allen Robinson, don't buy him right now, obviously off the big game, but this week against Xavier How- or Xavier Rhodes, sorry. If he does it against Xavier Rhodes, then, then go ahead and, and, well, maybe sell if he does it against Xavier Rhodes. But but, but certainly if he, if he struggles against them, like I think he will this week, um, then go ahead and buy him. I think if you can get him for that, again, that mid-first mid range, then I think he's a, certainly a buy um, if you can get him there.
1: Well, if he has another another game like he did in week 10 this coming weekend, that price is going to go selling. up for sure. <laughs> no, I'm selling. If he has a huge game this
0: week, I'm selling for sure.
1: Yeah. No doubt. All right. Tyler Boyd, talk about guys with low expectations coming into the season. I think he's the poster boy for that, Matt. And then coming through, huge for dynasty owners that had him pegged as a bench space all year long. They're wide receiver seven on a lot of teams. AJ Green gets hurt even before that though Boyd is going off he's putting up wide receiver two numbers right now he's the wide receiver 14 for the season um we can trust him to continue to put up these numbers right Matt
0: I mean, I, I think we're going to see how he fares against number one quarterbacks now with A.J. Green out. Uh, he played really well against the Saints last week. Uh, um, just four targets, but capitalized on those uh, with three for 65. So he's been very impressive. My dynasty team's cut him in a ton of places as, like, the final cut last offseason, so that's sad. think
1: you're a horrible owner, Matt, for doing that.
0: <laughs> he was the Nobody last guy on the roster in <laughs> <laughs> so many places, man. It was – it was a bloodbath for Tyler Boyd this offseason on, on my teams. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think it's tough. I don't think he's that alpha receiver. I think you really need someone – drawing that that big coverage across from him so we're going to see this week against Baltimore that's going to be a really tough test for him. If he excels there then I think we have some decent matchups coming up. No really great matchups I don't think the rest of the year, uh but all all winnable kind of middle of the road kind of kind of games. Oakland in week 15 is nice at Cleveland, you know, they're starting to play really well so that's that's a little bit sketchy. But AJ Green should be back by then and I think at that point we can we can trust him again. So I think these next two games are going to be pretty rough uh but but uh he's impressed pretty much everyone I don't know how you couldn't be impressed with what he's done so far this season so I I think he's trustworthy just a couple of tough weeks coming up
1: yeah and every player has that Julio Jones has games where he only catches a couple a few balls so I'm you know and I'm not I'm not about to compare Boyd to Julio Jones or anything like that but you know a few years ago he was that guy in the second round that I was picking up all over and luckily. It has It's nothing more than luck. I kept the faith with him and kept him as that wide receiver seven or eight on all those teams. And by the time week three came around, we knew we had to start him. And I have ever since. I'm not pulling him out of any lineups regardless of the matchup, you know obviously he is a lot better when he has that deep threat on the other side. he's got the number two corner guarding him, not seeing any double coverage and, and just kills on those crosses and those deep overs and and all that stuff. So you know I like Boyd, I like Boyd going forward next off season in the places I don't have him, especially if he doesn't blow up down the stretch here. I'm going to be looking to add him because you know, I like what he does and what he offers, especially in that offense with Andy Dalton as his quarterback. He's going to get targets. He's going to put up numbers. He's going to have those big games, and we've seen a few of them already this season. If you're asking me about 2018, keep putting him out there. You're probably playing him really as your fourth or fifth wide receiver in your starting lineup, or or maybe he filled in for a guy who's underperforming or hurt uh either way feel good about having that guy in your lineup because he's still going to get those targets and still going to get those catches three for 65 maybe not exactly what you thought a week ago sans aj green but you know man i was watching that game like the first play of the game he he hit for a 20 yard gain and and i was like well i don't think i have to worry about boyd he didn't do a lot after that but man i feel good about having him in my lineup another guy i feel really good about having in my lineup matt and i know you do you would too if you had him anywhere it's kelvin ridley (laughs) wide receiver 21 right now he's certainly been up and down but those ups have been fun to watch uh four games of 16 plus points three games of under eight though matt can a championship team have him as a wide receiver two going forward
0: Ooh, I thought you were gonna say three and I was gonna say absolutely two, I'm a little bit uh it's it's rough.
1: Yeah, he's <laughs> but I a, think it's he's another guy though that nobody was expecting it, gonna put him in as you know, going into the season you didn't say that's my wide receiver two, so likely you are playing him in the third or fourth spot among wide receivers in your lineup
0: yeah absolutely i think he is he's going to be more of a flex play for most of his owners right now you know unless you're maybe a rebuilding team that that caught fire and are now competing all of a sudden you know he's probably going to be that lower end starter flex play for you he's got nice matchups in weeks 12 and 14 against new orleans and green bay things are a little bit tougher in 15 and 16 with arizona and carolina uh i don't really like what we've seen from that offense the last couple of weeks sans julio except for julio um but yeah, I, I, wide receiver two is tough. Wide receiver three, absolutely. Flex play, absolutely. Wide receiver two, I don't know if I can get there.
1: The usage is what is holding him back. I, I'm convinced of yeah. it. We're still seeing Muhammad Sanu play almost all the time. Justin Hardy is close to him and snaps every week. And, and they're still feeding Austin Hooper, getting those running backs involved in the passing game so you know whether it's that coaching staff deciding they they don't really want to trust a young guy to be on the field all the time or something else maybe it's something we don't know about in practice or 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 anything really um he's not getting on the field enough to be real truly trusted especially as a wide receiver too again if you have him you probably got him in your lineup unless you're stacked Uh, I'm, I'm super, I don't have to say it. I'm super excited about his upside. (laughs) And I think starting next year, we're going to see the real Calvin Ridley. That route running is on point. I love it. Let's go to tight ends, Matt. We got to start with the big guy, Rob Gronkowski. The injury has made dynasty owners everywhere upset, anxious really about Gronk. They have the bye week, even before the injury, however, only had one touchdown. That was in week one. Uh, just one game over 16 and a half points on the season so far i'm i'm worried about Gronk I, you know the the trade rumors that were out there that he was going to go to the lions in the offseason and threaten to retire all that stuff bill Belichick's no know, he knows when to get move on from a player and I, I really feel like he saw this coming now i'm very much invested in gronk and obviously if you have him It's not like you're going to turn around and sell him right now if you're a contender, if you're a top three team in your league. You're hoping he comes back renewed, re-energized to get back on the field with Tom Brady and have a nice run down the stretch here. I am cautiously optimistic, but the cautiously is a big one here. Capital C on that, Matt
0: yeah very disappointing i've bought, a f- bought bought i've bought a few shares over the last couple of weeks just kind of trying to buy low and buy that upside because that tight end position is so tough and it seems like if you're gonna you're gonna spend a little bit to, to get somebody with some upside gronk is the guy to do that with right now especially for those title contenders so despite the disappointment despite the missing the games i think i'm still buying on a contender just because of i, I think i truly think that he's kind of the, the the guy who can win the week for you if he if he you know has one of these two touchdowns games or whatever that uh, and and you have somebody starting a middle of the road tight end then you know you have a huge point advantage There, that's one of the biggest edges i think you can get right now if you can find that that huge producing tight end so um i I, I'm scared don't get me wrong I'm scared but I'm still buying I, 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 there's been a lot of negative reports lately like people being surprised if he would, he's going to come back next year all this stuff you know we had these same stories last year this year it feels a little bit more real because he's missing time on the field um, but I still think that if he's in the game he has to be in your lineup unless you have Zach Ertz or or, T- or Travis Kelsey instead uh, in, in addition to, to Gronk for some reason but otherwise I think if he if he comes back and is on the field then he has to be in your lineup down the stretch.
1: Yeah, you know, we, he's had a couple of clunkers. He had a two for 15. He had another that last week, at, or the last time we saw him on the field in week eight, three for 43, a four for 44. You know, not big games, but he's still getting targets. He's still getting those looks. And at some point, again, regress to the mean, he's been a touchdown monster, almost scoring in every game of his career on average. That's. He's going to come around to that again. And when they need a guy, and it appears in that offense that they need another guy outside of Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon, of course, uh, that guy's going to be Gronk if he's healthy. It could happen as soon as week 12 they go to the Jets. And like you, I'm still optimistic. I wouldn't be shocked if he has a couple touchdowns and, and all the naysayers are, are very quiet very quickly.
0: Yeah, I think it's possible, Dan, right now that if he's on a team that is not contending, I think it's even possible you could probably get him for an early second, maybe a second and a third, something like that. I think there's, there's a chance that you don't even have to spend a, a first-round pick to get him right now if you find the right team that has him. So sure, it, there's poke a around chance. in your leagues. Yeah, he's
1: worth talking about for sure. And there's a chance, no doubt about it. I think most owners are still going to ask for that first, even if it's late. Uh, but like you, if you're a true contender and you're starting a guy that is traditionally a, a bottom, you know, low end, tight end two, uh, you can't get any production there. You're right. If he's on a non-contender, he's a guy to go talk to for sure. A guy that is moving in the other Direction right now, George Kittle, a top five tight end, and showing every week why he should be seen as that, and maybe even more going forward. Man, he's looked good, Matt. You can project, you can trust that production to continue.
0: Yeah, I don't see why not. He's in a pretty talent-deficient offense. He's clearly the number one target no matter who the quarterback is. He's he's also, I guess, a guy I should have mentioned in the last segment about Gronk uh, as somebody that you probably feel better about if you have. And it's certainly reasonable that you could have both Gronk and Kittle. So uh, at that point, you're probably starting Kittle over Gronk until he shows something. So, yeah, full full speed ahead with Kittle. He's a guy I was definitely wrong on. You know, we had him up to, like, tight end seven or something in our offseason uh, ADP last, last year in July, August, I guess this year, (laughs) July, August. Uh, And I I was pretty skeptical of it, was not buying. I was definitely selling at that price, but he's proven me wrong pretty much the entire season. So, yeah, start George Kittle the rest of the way.
1: So if you're looking to buy Kittle right now, what do you think you got to give up?
0: Oh, gosh. I think you definitely have to give a late first. Yeah, I I think think there's a chance. If not more, more if not more. Yeah. I I, I think you – if you had Gronk, I think you would have to add, you know, an early second, maybe even a late first on top of Gronk, honestly. Wow, that –
1: but yeah, maybe, I mean, I wouldn't, know. I wouldn't
0: do it, but I think that the Kittle owner is going to say, "You're offering me Gronk. Why do I want Gronk? I've got right. Kittle, so make it worth my while," you know?
1: Right. And and to be honest, he's shown nothing that makes you think he's not worth worth that price tag and worth being up, named amongst those top five, especially in Dynasty when you consider his youth and and you know he's doing it with multiple quarterbacks now. Man, he looks good. If you watched on Monday night. Uh, playing the Giants, he was all over the field, peppered with targets, making catches and, and tough catches, and I'm a fan of that guy. Coming out of Iowa, I was, I was a fan then. I did not invest enough in him, even though he was so cheap. Uh, I guess that was my mistake. You mentioned Tyler Boyd as yours. My, mine was Kittle a year and a half ago. Let's go back to the mm, extreme veteran tight ends. We'll go over to Greg Olson. He's the tight end 17, another guy. Tight end position we talked about, especially early in the season, littered with injuries. Olsen missed some time hanging in there at tight end 17. I think we can still trust him to be uh, at least a back end tight end one down the stretch here, Matt.
0: Oh, I agree. And this week against Detroit – yeah yeah stardom against detroit this is going to be a I think going to be a big game for all of the panthers especially at their disappointment last week uh but elson uh may be number one on that list in terms of the passing game uh so yeah i i think he's definitely a tight end one going forward you know it may be a fringe tight end one you know you have jordan reed eric ebron jerry cook those guys kind of down at the bottom of that tight end one tier and i think Olsen slots in right right there with them right and since he's
1: returned in week six uh, those five games, he hasn't had more than 76 receiving yards, but he scored touchdowns in three of those games. He's got that upside as that that guy in the red zone that Cam looks to. We all know how valuable he's been to Cam and to, to fantasy owners everywhere over the last handful of seasons, really even more than that. Uh, keep plugging him in there. And he's a nice guy to have. And a guy that because of his age, if you still have that trade deadline available to you, a guy that if he's on that team that, that struggled with injuries, including er- Olson earlier and, and are looking to add pieces, Olson could be a nice guy to add and, and not have that price tag that we talked about with Kittle and Gronk. The, those two tight ends in Indianapolis, Matt Jack Doyle. And of course, Eric Ebron, man, they, they got an embarrassment of riches, really. If you if you really look at the position across the league, Doyle is tight end twenty nine, but but injured until just a couple of weeks ago. Ebron right now tight end three. I'm sure everybody out there saw that coming. Since Doyle's return, both have traded big games, uh, but had production in each of them for for both of those guys. Who do you trust more in Indy? First of all, Matt, and how do you feel about trying to go get these guys if you have the chance to to trade for a tight end?
0: I don't know why and it's probably wrong, but I really just still don't trust Ebron. I know he keeps putting up these massive touchdown games, but I still think Doyle is, is the guy. He's out targeting him in, in pretty much every game they've played together. Um Doyle's had some bad luck in terms of a couple fumbles. One he got he got almost got a touchdown last week, got taken down at the at the goal line basically. Um, so I don't, I just, I just think we've gotten, it's probably totally a slight against Eric Ebron, honestly, but I feel like it's been a little bit fluky this year with the touchdowns. We've never seen it from him in the past. Maybe it was just that Detroit didn't use him that way or, 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 or he just wasn't ready to, to be that big producer, or he just had this near death career experience, uh, now that he's had to leave that first team that drafted him so highly. So I don't know what it is. But I still, I still want Doyle over him. It, it, maybe Doyle is the floor play and Ebron is the ceiling play. Maybe you could, you could angle it that way. Uh, but if, if I have to choose straight up between one or the other, I still want Jack Doyle.
1: I think, I think you mentioned, you hit it the nail on the head there. These two are a perfect example of the difference between floor and ceiling. Now Doyle was shaking off a little rust in in his first game back or, or still in these first couple of games back. He did have a six for 70 followed that up this past week with a three for 36. I think if you're trying kind of keeping with the theme with floor and ceiling, if you're trying to win a title right now, it's, it would be hard to choose Doyle for me because of what Ebron has done, especially with those touchdowns. You need those splash plays to, to win leagues. Those, those, League or week winners I've always kind of called them and we've seen them multiple times already with with the colossal disappointment that is Eric Ebron he is making up for it right now and if, if you need uh, a splash to try to make to to win a title I've flipped I was on the Doyle side and really long term if we're talking the next three two and a half seasons I want Doyle but if we're talking about the next six weeks, I, I think I want Ebron in that, especially that touchdown potential that you mentioned.
0: It's just, it's just so hard with, based on the workload, you know, this this past week uh, Ebron saw 38% of the snaps, Jack Doyle 87%. In week eight, 73% for Doyle and just 21.8% for for uh, Ebron. So it's just I just think he's he's getting used in those high leverage situations and he's making good on it, but if he doesn't get those scores, I think we're really disappointed with what Ebron is going to bring to the table.
1: Right. And and I haven't looked into those numbers. I don't know exactly where that usage is. It seems like Ebron is getting those looks obviously in the red zone. But those are the money plays, really, and and with the landscape of tight end right now, the injuries there, the the disappointments there, and just the lack of depth in general makes me feel like those guys with the touchdown potential, more than any position, and, and it's probably been this way for quite a while, at tight end, I want that potential. Let's go to the quarterback position quickly, Matt, before we wrap things up right now. I wanted to mention Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, we've been kind of hard on, on Trubisky on this show, and he's been up and down, of course, a young guy, uh, but quarterback six right now, and those up and down numbers, while they exist, those up numbers, man, they, they're really good. He has, he has a high ceiling, a lot like Eric Ebron. Are you trusting him in a one-quarterback league to be your starter every week going forward?
0: That that's a big ask, I think. uh He's he's clearly putting up fantasy points, and I know everybody's comparing him to Bortles, but I think I think it kind of is because he doesn't look great on the field. He had that re- one really nice throw to to Allen Robinson for a touchdown, um, a couple other pretty good throws to Anthony Miller, but but he was off target just as much as he was on target, in my opinion, in in the last few games in these big games. I think this was definitely the best game of his career, both. Uh, maybe not from a stat uh, perspective because he had that six-touchdown game. Uh, I think it was back against Tampa Bay earlier in the season. Uh, but I just I don't know. I just don't think he's very good. Maybe he's going to be like Bortles and put up fantasy points and still not be good. Uh, he has a fine fine uh, set of matchups coming up. This, uh, this week against Detroit is probably going to be another big game for – I'm sorry, uh, Minnesota this week. So in, in week 12 against Detroit, it's going to be a, probably a big game. Uh, and then week six, week week sixteen, he's get San Francisco. So it's hard to argue that he could potentially win a title for somebody at the quarterback position. But I, I don't know about trustworthy. I think that that's the the word for me with him. I, I don't, I still don't trust him.
1: Yeah, I, I think I trust him, but it's as a streamer. Three of his nine games have been relative duds. Really, is three games with one or or less. Touchdown passes. The the big games have inflated those numbers. He has a few of those as well. Now, if you're a gambler, I guess you can roll them out there every week. But I'm leery of the Minnesota matchup. I'm leery of the Rams matchup. By then, they may be a little healthier. uh Obviously, he's got some good ones as well. You you should have a second quarterback on your roster if you're a true contender. Uh, and if we're talking about super flex, you obviously you're putting him in your lineup because of that upside. But in a single quarterback league, I'm, I'm not ready. Like you, Matt, I'm not ready to commit to him for the entirety of the rest of your season. Seems risky to me uh, for sure. Let's go to Matt Ryan, the veteran that's putting up the big numbers. Quarterback two right now. Consistently been a quarterback one uh, each week, really all season. Uh, it seems like Matt Ryan is at least close to the to the level that he was back when he won his MVP a couple of years ago, Matt, how do you feel about Ryan as your, your guy down the stretch?
0: I think, I think I'm fine with it. I think I would trust him over Trubisky for sure. Maybe a, a lower ceiling, I guess, just based on how that Atlanta team is performing, which is pretty dis- disappointing overall. I guess more of it's on the defensive side, but you know Ryan's thrown for 300 yards in his last four games, basically. Uh, so I don't know how you can't necessarily trust him. He's got great weapons. It seems like this team should be a lot better than they are. Uh, but, but yeah, I think he's right there in that, that middle of the middle of the pack of that into that quarterback one tier, I guess I would say. Yeah.
1: I, I, I feel a little bit differently, I guess, than you do. I, you know, those yardage numbers that you mentioned, if you go look at his stat sheet, it's really unreal. The consistency of them. He has a, a couple of one, one touchdown games, but he's completing a lot of passes a lot. Like he did a few years ago. He's throwing the ball down the field a lot like he did in that MVP season he seems to have returned to form and as long as Julio Jones is there those other options stay at least relatively healthy and and they have some semblance of a running game which which I guess at the very most you can say is average at this point if that's at least average that offensive line continues to protect him I feel really good about trotting him out there every week. Now, maybe in a horrible matchup, which really he doesn't have many. He's got to play Baltimore here in a few weeks. Uh, and I think, has yeah, he yeah, has Carolina at in the championship week 16. Outside of that, not a lot of real landmines for Matt Ryan. So if you have to depend on him going forward, I think you can feel at least safe that he's going to go for, for around 250 and all the way up to 400 And probably throw at least a couple of touchdown passes for you. And even in a one quarterback league, that's a guy that I want in my starting lineup. Uh, I guess that'll do it this week. Matt, any uh, wise wisdom for the listeners before we let them go?
0: Yeah, guys, trade deadline is coming up this week in a lot of leagues. Uh, hopefully, this episode will be out before your trade deadline is up. But it's it's time if you're it's it's time to make moves. You know, if you're a contender, it's time to uh, solidify that depth. Maybe add a, another piece to your starting lineup if you can. If you're not. Uh, and not competing, you know start set, uh, do the reverse you know sell those pieces to to those those competitors and get something for your money um before we hit this coming off season give yourself uh you know some assets that are going to appreciate a little bit if you're on these rebuilding teams um now's the time to act pretty soon it's uh it's going to be over with so uh before we know it, three games we got left here till the fantasy playoffs and then it's back to it 's back to dynasty mode it's back to looking at these rookies, so enjoy the rest of the season, go make some moves and uh, let's let's knock it out of the park the rest of the way. And
1: if I could add anything to just a a plea, really, at this point. This week, I got a bunch of emails about those trades that you were talking about. Hey, what do you want for Rob Gronkowski? I don't know what league this guy is talking about. I'm in, I'm in 16 leagues. I don't know what his <laughs> team name is in that league. When you email an owner or even a commissioner, Ryan's a commissioner of many leagues we both commission as well, Add your team name and the league you're talking about. It. Please, it should be standard practice. I had multiple messages like this. On, and on the last couple, I just had to ask them. I wasn't willing to, to go search. So uh, I guess it's it's more of a want than any kind of advice or anything like that. But it is it is a common courtesy, and we all appreciate it for sure. For Matt... I'm Dan. We'll get Ryan back with us again next week to talk more about the upcoming playoffs and, of course, what happened in Week 11 and what to expect in Week 12. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you next week.